going to jump right into this thing. I want to ask you a question about being a part of a team. Anybody ever been a part of a team? Maybe it's been a while. Or you're a part of a corporation or a company that seems to, at least once a month, get you involved in some kind of team building exercise. How many of you would like me to break you down into groups of three and we could build out of dry spaghetti towers that could hold a marshmallow? <laughs> There's one crazy person here. I want everybody to relax. I'm not going to break everybody down into teams. We're not going to do a team building exercise. But I think it's interesting that the activity that we that Jesus is leading us in is about doing life together, not as individuals. And I've titled this message, Follow, because I absolutely believe that the Bible teaches more about followship than leadership. I really believe that at the core of reading the Word of God and seeing what Jesus has done for us is all about us following Him instead of us determining our own way. And that kind of goes, kind of rubs against the grain of being an American Christian because we like to win at everything and we like to be the leaders of everything. And we bring that into the church and we actually develop our own theology that says, as long as what I'm doing is good with me, I should be okay with it and everybody else should be okay with it. And what we realize that we have seen happen over the years is that we have defined Christianity by what happens on a Sunday morning in a meeting like this, and we've lost the understanding that the early church was built about us doing ministry and doing things together. Fellowship is probably a closer truth to the Word of God than leadership. And so all summer long, Pastor Rich and I were talking about asking you and having you consider being a part of something in the fall that is less about being an individual and more about being connected to a team or a group or a body. Not doing life alone anymore, but doing life together. See, I've learned as a human being that I could walk in life for a while and I realize that I develop blind spots. I think I'm doing well. I think I'm going in the wrong direction or right direction, but I've really stepped off the rails because I've determined everything in my life based on me. And so whether you're in this room or you're online with us today, you can take this as a human being and ask yourself, Am I in relationship with others that can help view me and see me and guide me in this place where I am following Jesus? See, Jesus doesn't need any help with us leading. He's in charge. How many know that he's in charge? <laughs> he's not just in charge of the church. He's in charge of everything. You get that? He's in charge of everything. And he doesn't need our ideas, nor does he wake up in the morning and go, man, Bill, that was a great idea. I think I'm going to adopt that for the future. He doesn't do that. 
What he does is he says, listen, I've got a good plan that's the best plan, that's a perfect plan, and I want you to follow me in it. I want you to keep your eyes on me and love me and love others as we walk through this life. Let me tell you why this is a different message today than maybe it's been 20 years ago. Jesus said something in Matthew 24, 24. I don't have that passage. But he says this, that in the last days... Even the elect are going to be deceived. Even the elect, even though the ones who have been following me for decades, who may have been the trumpet of the church in the past season, there's going to be a time that deception and wickedness is going to rise to such a level that they themselves are going to be deceived. And I could tell you the personality type of that person. It's the one who does life alone, who considers themselves the standard of Christianity, who feels like they need nothing else, who is, has a difficult personality trait to learn something new. It's okay if you go, ouch, or ooh, right now. It's, it's okay. Because we're contending for your soul just because you were saying, listen, I believe that you could lose your salvation. I know that's not a popular belief, but Revelations 3.5 talks about that there's a group of people that Jesus is actually going to remove their names from the book of life. Now, I don't think that's an easy process. I think Jesus has a hold of us that's really strong, and it's not going to be, you know, it's, it's not like walking on a piece of glass that shatters and you fall out of favor. I don't believe that at all. But I do believe that you could adopt a belief system for your life that you could walk so long alone that you don't realize that you've been covered with deception and you can't even hear the Word of God anymore. I believe that. And so this message today, in a few minutes that we have here, I want to I give you something to think about. Because just like anxiety rose up in some of you at the thought that I was going to put you in groups of six to build spaghetti towers, just at that level of stress, there's also something working against you that says, you're okay. You don't need anything else. Just live life on your own terms. Hey, getting to church a couple of times a month, man, that's, that's good. And we convince ourselves that we're followers of Jesus when really... We're just followers of ourselves. And so Pastor Rich and I, we are leading in heavily to ask everyone. And, and you don't have to be in this Fort Worth area. I don't know where you are around the world. But don't do life alone. Do it together in connection and relationship. And so Jesus says something. He was talking to a group of followers in Luke 14. And he was sharing with them the resurrection of the just. It was an interesting term he puts in here. But he's discussing on what will bring people in to the kingdom of God and what will separate people out. And I want to read you these couple of verses, Luke 14, starting in verse 16. And these are the words of Jesus. He was telling a parable. He says, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, 
I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. In my experience at pastoring, every excuse, except for maybe one or two, every excuse I've heard from people about why they can't follow Jesus fits in one of these three places. Now think about something for a minute on why you buy the things you buy. What was the last few things you bought? Why do you buy the things you buy? There was an article in Forbes that listed the top four reasons why people buy things. And the first one was to solve a problem. Like maybe to feel safe. The second one is, is to feel seen heard, and understood. The third one was logical reasons like you might buy health care. The fourth one was emotional reasons. You were buying the latest clothing style or shoes, and you just knew that you couldn't live without them. I've got a I've got a garage with some tools in it that you might accuse me of that. But this excuse, this first excuse, I just bought a field, comes right into the place of my image. Who I want people to see me as. What does my house look like? What does my property look like? How do I walk in the community? It's all about my image. And I want you to think about this for a minute. I want you to think about the amount of time that we invest in our own image and the places, and you may not have seen it because this thing might have glazed you over, but you may have used it as a reason why you could not follow Jesus in a certain situation. When I was working at the Lordstown plant, and once in a while we would have time to be around the water cooler and people would start talking about their families or somebody would go for their wallet and they would show a picture of their wife or they show a picture of their kids. And there was a guy, he went for his wallet and he pulled out a picture of his house. I thought to myself, I had never known anybody who carried a picture of their house in their wallet. But he wanted to be identified by what he owns who he is in the community, how he looks, how he appears, how he is seen and heard. Well, pastor, I'd like to be a part of that thing, but, you know, and we wouldn't use these words, but this is what we model. You know, it's really beneath me to be a part of that. I don't want to be in a room that focuses so much on others and not on me. Now, of course, we don't use those words, but we model those words. And this is one of the excuses that Jesus says will keep somebody from the kingdom of God. He actually addresses this in Luke twenty-two twenty-seven: 27. For who is greater, 
The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. Friends, the model that Jesus is showing us right now is to wash feet. It's not to be a king. Now, I've got good news for you. That's coming. No amens? You guys here? The royalty that he wants us to step into and has planned for us is coming in this next life. It's not here. While we're here, he has shown us that we are to be the servers and the washers of the feet, not to have people serve us. And friends, this is, a, this is an attitude of this excuse right here. On, you know, I can't, thank you for the invitation, but I just bought this really cool thing and I just want to, I want to just admire it. Now, God's not against buying land or houses or, he's not against all that. But when we get our identity tied up in it and we forget who we are in Christ, then we've got a big problem. And we can develop a blind spot. How about this next one? I just bought five pairs of oxen. This is all down the road of, you know, pastor, I would really like to help you, but I've got to work. I, I would really like to help you. But doggone it, they're offering me time and a half on the weekend. I can't pass that up. Or I have seen over and over and over again, too many times to recount, somebody well-meaning wants to step into a new kind of a role in helping and developing and working. And weeks after they say yes to that, their company says, listen, if you go second shift, we could pay you more money. Or in some cases, it's been, listen, we've got a promotion and a job for you in another state we'd love to send you to. And it's not that God is against any of that. But when you use it, or when the enemy uses it in you to keep you from following Jesus, you've got a big problem. And you've got to answer it. And if you're walking alone, it's going to be far more difficult for you to understand the danger of it because after all, you're being so much blessed with more money. Man, God's given me this great job. I'm going to just, wow, I'm going to work everything I can. And we miss the important thing. Jesus is training us to be like him. And there comes a time in a believer's life where the Lord asks us, you're going to hate this word, strap in, hold on to sacrifice. There's going to come a time where he's going to say, yeah, if you learn to lay that down, wait to see what I will do with it in you and how I bless you with it and the things that I have for you. And so these excuses here become dangerous. Here's how Jesus answers this one in Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
It's where you put your investment is where your heart is. If I would stand up there and say, you know what, we're going to just, we're going to kind of do an old style uh, offering and I'm going to have ushers come up and we're just going to take an offering right now. The people who are already investing in the kingdom of God, they give. They're givers. But the people who have it, they get upset. Some of you are upset right now. Keep smiling so nobody knows it. Listen, we're, we're, we're answering the issues that are going on in our hearts. And Pastor Rich and I, were contending for your souls here. Because the church in a whole, if you take this big picture of it, they're suffering from three, these three excuses. And Jesus says, listen, this is what's going to keep you from the resurrection of the just, is these excuses. And when you put them as a priority over following me, then you've made yourself out to be God. And trust me, that's going to be very disappointing when you breathe your last here. Because you don't go to you. <laughs> How many are looking forward to looking Jesus in the eye and talking about your life? Come on, I know. I know there's worshipers here. Hallelujah. If you're not, then consider that you're going through life alone. Or you have set yourself up as the standard and you're not learning anything new about Jesus. I had an encounter here <clears throat> probably a month ago. <clears throat> it was probably, <clears throat> probably seven or eight years ago. Um, <clears throat> a doctor told me I should probably start... <clears throat> kind of doing some cardio and uh, just to help to distress my life. Who would have thought being a pastor had stress in it? <clears throat> but um, so I bought this uh, little workout machine, a treadmill, and for the most part, five or six years worth of it, five years, I was just doing a cardio workout in my house. I was doing it alone. It was only two years ago where I ventured into a public gym to do workouts now with people around me. And I learned something really interesting about myself. One is, <clears throat> I love going up to a weight machine when there was a younger man on it, and I get to increase the weight to do my workout. <laughs> I love that feeling. <laughs> I'll tell you what feeling I didn't like. Going up to a machine where a younger woman was on. Yeah. In fact, when that happened, I actually looked around because I had to remove, I had to take some weight off it because I couldn't compete at her level. So I didn't like that part of it. So it kind of all balances out, right? But about a month ago, something really interesting that just nailed this message for me is that one of the things I do is I try to strengthen my knees. And so I do this, these leg lifts and uh, I try to do three sets of 20. <clears throat> just to strengthen my knees. And I rarely can get through doing those in three sets. But this one particular day, there was a coach, a trainer, with somebody on a machine right beside me. And we started about the same time. And I heard him say, okay, let's go. One, two, three. Come on, you could do it. And I'm like, 
Holy smokes, I feel like I just got a shot of adrenaline. And before I realized it, I was able to go through those three sets without a break. I almost stood up and said, listen, will you be here like next Tuesday too? I mean, there was, there was just something about doing it when there was somebody coaching me or that voice of encouragement to say, you know, you could do this. Come on, one more time. Come on, ugh, do it. And see, this activity, this, you know, these relational uh, experiences with Christ that small groups build is all about being with people who can look into your life and, and look into my life and say, come on, you can do this. Yeah, I know you had a bad week. Yeah, I know you're grieving. Yeah, I know the doctor's report wasn't good. But Jesus is here and he can help you and, and don't give up. See, I am absolutely convinced we're li living in the end of the end times. And so this message today has just kind of one kind of thought to it. And I want you to consider this. Team following produces endurance following. Team following, team following Jesus produces endurance following. That we could follow him greater in our own expressions if we're a part of a group that's also following him. Because the days that we're living in right now, the amount of deception and wickedness and evil that has flooded all around us really is unprecedented. It's not that evil has got some new thing. Satan isn't really that smart, and he's not creative. What he's doing today, he's always been doing. But what shocks me is how many people, especially in the church, who are opening up their arms and saying, yeah, come on in. Before I left Annapolis, it broke my heart to see how many churches were flying rainbow banners on their church. It just broke my heart. But when we begin to do life alone, we can change theology based on our own personal experiences and start to get so far from the Word of God that we don't realize we stopped following Jesus years ago. And now we're just doing something that we like to do. And so we're asking people here next month to get a part of a group of people and believers that you can encourage and strengthen one another and no longer go it alone. See, the life that will happen there is going to transform what happens not only in the life of this church, but also in the culture of Fort Worth. See, before this service started, I felt the Lord say this to me for you. The enemy wants you to look at your effort as just really small. I can't do this. I can't change Washington. I can't change what happens in government. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And what we fail to realize is the effort you do in Jesus brings him on the scene. And let me tell you something about my Jesus. He can. 
Oh, yeah, he can. He can change here. He can change Fort Worth. He can change the Metroplex. He can change Washington, D.C. Oh, yes, he can. And so what Jesus is looking for you to do is you put your little in. Watch what he's going to do. And so as you think about what's happening in the fall and how you've been walking alone, think about making a change here. Here's the last excuse that... You know, sometimes I go into some of these and I just get caught up into all the activity and where my heart breaks, where people have missed the invitation of Jesus. In fact, when I got to this part of the message, I probably stopped and prayed for the families that I know that if they didn't change, that they're going to be lost in the end. The last excuse is about, well, Jesus, I can't follow you because I just got married. I can't come to the banquet because I got married. This is all about playing the family card. Well, Pastor, I'd like to help you, but you know, uh, we're sports parents and we've got our kids and all the activities and he's even on a travel team and, and we just, you know, we, we just, we really, Pastor, we just really need to invest in our kids right now. Or the person that says, Pastor, I just, I can't support the church. If my spouse found out that I was supporting the church, oh, would they be mad? Or the one that says, you know, that's big outreach that you want to do. Pastor, I'd really like to help you, but you know what? We go to Florida every year this time, and boy, I would just hate to lose our deposit if I didn't, if I changed those plans for that. I know I'm picking on you right now. I'm causing a reaction in you right now. Because I'm telling you, I would much rather you be a little on edge now than when that trumpet blows and the church comes home and you find yourself still here. Or the return of Jesus and the judgment of the church and he says to you, you put this in front of me. You denied me here. And see, I find that very difficult to do when I'm in a team. Because I know when I'm hanging out with those folks, somebody's going to ask me, how are you doing? Or somebody's going to look at me and go, where are you at today? To walk as a team, people will know the condition of our hearts. And that is life-giving as a follower of Jesus. Now, Jesus says this a little bit differently. See if it's a little harsher than what I just told you. Actually, down below in this same chapter, he's addressing this. Luke 14, 26, 27. If you want to be my disciple... You must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brother and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Yikes. And we know God is the ultimate family man. He loves family. 
He designed family. He designed husbands and wives. He designed the process of children. He designed all that. But what Jesus is saying here, the moment you put that in front of me, you have created something that's not good that will exclude you from being with me. To be a part of a small group, <clears throat> to me, keeps that from happening. Team following produces endurance following. Team following <clears throat> produces endurance, <clears throat> excuse me, endurance following. We have got to be together and we have got to clear our schedules to do the things in the time and the seasons that God has asked us to do them. We do not know how much more time God is going to allow us to be here. But walking together, there is life there is joy. There is a realization that Jesus has not abandoned us or forgotten us. And so we're putting this call out and asking you to consider to move into something new. This last passage is Luke 13, 24. Just this one line. Work hard to enter the narrow door of God's kingdom. For many will try to enter, but will fail. I want to see you there. <clears throat> Our commitment to one another will transform this church. <clears throat> I don't know if it's going to transform Texas weather for me. I have just, my size has been dying down here. So if you've got a secret, somebody come share it with me. But I know that the decisions that God asks you to make individually to connect with a team, when he adds to it, will transform this church. And I'm telling you, there's a season coming. If we do the little and bring him on the scene, there is going to be great new life that's happening here. It's almost going to be chaotic and confusing. But it's going to be the life of Jesus that he wants to release here. Somebody please say amen to that. I know that there's people here, you spend a lot of time at Bethel, and maybe at some level your heart broke at today, or you see in your church, or you see in whatever community that you find yourself sitting in, the heyday of church life for you, it seems to be long past. It really isn't. <laughs> Jesus isn't stressed out today, but he is not going to share you and me with these three excuses. And so find out what it is that the Lord wants you to change or tweak as we go into the fall. And let's quit doing life as individuals and begin to connect with one another. I want to have our worship team come up and they're going to sing a song. And as they sing this song, I want us to respond to it in a couple of different ways. If you can, why don't you stand?
I want us to respond in a couple of different ways. I want you to respond by coming out of your seat and standing up front in in modeling that we are not going to do Christianity alone anymore. That we're going to do it together. But I also want to say this to you. As we were doing the worship, I almost interrupted the worship because I felt the Lord wanted to do some healing. And I just saw this picture of uh, um, in your digestive tract that there's people here that the Lord wants to touch and heal that from. And if that's you, I just want you to come up. And so this is what we're going to do. The worship team's going to sing this last song, and you come up for whether you want to just come up and just to declare to God that you're not going to do Christianity alone anymore, or maybe you need a healing touch. And, and you don't need to describe what the situation is. You just say healing. And somebody will pray. Pastor Rich and I will be moving up and down this room and if you need healing, just say, I, I just need a healing. But I just want to bless you. And I want you to fight against the, 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 the pressure that's in you to tell you, you know what, you're okay. Just do your Christianity alone. I want you to fight against that. I want us to make a declaration before the Lord right now to say, Lord, we're going to move together. Lord, loving people and loving you and what you have for us. And so as the worship team just plays, we'll just be down here. If you need a healing, we'll pray, but we'll just finish this up and then we'll just release a blessing and let everybody out. So, Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.